Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the Texas Outlaw Running Talk Show. This is your host, Briston Rains. I'm the founder, owner, and Texas Division Race Director here at Texas Outlaw Running. This episode you're about to listen to is known as Shooting the Bull. Shooting the Bull episodes release every Monday and we shoot the bull about running, fitness, and life itself. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave us a rating. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy this show of us shooting the bull. Yo, yo, Asher. Yo, yo, Briston. Man, so I just got in running, and there was this big storm that blew in, so I had to cut the run short. Um, it wasn't just any storm. It was the lightning, so I had to sweep that up and run in here, and, you know, it makes me think a lot of, um, you know, this might be cheesy, but the storm, whenever the storm blew in, this thought came into my mind like what do you do when the storm blows in like metaphorically you know and the storm can represent like when we're hurting when we run the storm can represent when um things just get really tough right and there's this and this parallel is so good but whenever it starts to get like a dangerous storm when whenever the storm is life-threatening that's when it's okay to to find shelter and to stop what you're doing, right? And to seek aid and to stop. When there's a dangerous storm blowing in, you, you don't have to keep on doing what you're doing. You can take a break. You can stop. You can quit. You, de- you can do whatever you need to do if the storm is life-threatening. Life and I think that goes a lot in with our not only life but running in general because whenever you're hurting or whatever and it's just a storm, right? And the storm blows in, it gets rough. You can kind of stick it out through the storm. But as soon as it gets life-threatening, that's when you have permission to stop what you're doing and you can quit. Um, and another thing that came to my mind is I'm not as tough as I may seem or tough as I might say when the storm blows in. Because I'm going to be honest, man. Whenever I'm doing some hard stuff, like hard 400 repeats around a track going all out breathing hard body is just shutting down overall sometimes bro i run away from that storm and i'm really not like as tough as a lot of people to be honest with you whenever pain hits so asher i wanted to ask you when the storm moves in for you what keeps you going what what allows you to keep on enduring through that storm? Mm, That's a good question. Um, And first of all, I don't think, I don't think you give yourself enough credit. I think you're pretty tough in a lot of ways, but uh, for me, I think helps me through is just knowing that it will end. And that ultimately this is the thing that really helps with running is as much pain as you are in, it will never be, truly life-threatening you know like i think the like our our normal response to pain is that you know the more pain you're in the closer to dying you are but uh, i don't think that's the case with a lot of sports you know with most like endurance sports it's like you can go freaking hard and uh be okay so (laughs) yeah oh i'm sorry (laughs) we're on zoom and it's just run zoom and Kristen is 
distracting both of us by putting on <laughs> virtual uh, pirate hats and eye patches. <laughs> and he's cracking up. <laughs> There's this feature on Zoom that allows you to put like emojis or stuff on your face. And I got an eye patch and a pirate hat on right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, anyways. Yeah. yeah anyways, anyway. Asher, continue with what you were saying. No, I think that's that's pretty much it. Um, just knowing that it's not the end of the world, uh, that I'm not going to die, um, that there's always a little more I can give. And the other thing is, so you said 400 repeats, and I've been thinking about this for probably the past year, is I think 90% of all, maybe not quite 90%, but a majority of runners, we push ourselves way too hard in training. Mm. And it doesn't leave enough um, physiological and psychological and physical ev- uh, effort for whenever it actually matters to rate to like put it all out there. And what I mean by that is like when you're racing, um, I think a lot of, I think a lot of people are used to digging themselves into a, a physical hole in workouts. And then um, it's like, they've already pushed themselves themselves as far as they would in a race in a workout. And then whenever it's race day, they're not getting faster than they are in their workouts because you know, they already went all out. So, um, I think that's, that's the other side of it, but you got any thoughts on that? Um, well, thanks for your compliment. Yes, um, for sure. No, I ain't no David Goggins, but I can stick <laughs> stuff out. <clears throat> um, I would just say that I'm motivated the most when I'm by myself. And there's no one else around. Like I went and did a track workout Tuesday morning. And I it was just me because practice got moved to the afternoon. I got permission to do it in the morning. So it was 6 a.m. I jogged over to the track from where I live. It's about a mile. And I got out to the track and I felt like absolute garbage. I had stomach acid. So meaning I felt like I was going to throw up any second. I felt like crap. I didn't feel fast. And I had a fast workout to where I was sprinting 200s, 400s, back to back, jogging in between. And I had to execute that, but I wasn't feeling it. And I remember doing my warm up and just thinking, man, I'm, I don't know if I can do this. I told myself, I I told myself, I don't know if I can do this. But I'll tell you what, man, I got up on the speakers. They got speakers for the track. And I started playing some, some music. I took my shirt off, which is so freeing, by the way. Sorry, girls. <laughs> but uh, it's so freeing just to be able to take your shirt off and get a hard workout done. Because in college, we have to wear shirts while we do hard workouts. And it's suffocating and sucks. Makes me feel slow. That's besides the point. I took my shirt off, man. I first 200 meters... I ran extremely fast. Like I ran a very fast time for all you running nerds. I ran like 31 seconds, 32 seconds for my first rep, which is pretty decent. And I was like, and it felt so easy, good and smooth. And I was like, man, I feel good. 
And so I kept going. I kept hitting my repeats, kept hitting my, my, uh, times running faster. Um, and I just got in the rhythm, man. And I look back and there's so many times to where I'm just by myself doing some crazy hard workout a year and a half ago when I was living in Fayetteville, Arkansas, I went and ran, um, I believe it was 26 miles or 20 something miles up and down a mountain. I just did like three mile mountain repeats and I ran for 20 miles for like four hours straight by myself. And that was probably like one of the best workouts I've done. Like, like, let me tell y'all something real quick about running hills and mountains. Whenever you're going up a mountain, yeah, you're going 10 minute pace. You're going slow, 13 minute pace, whatever. But here's the thing. Your legs are strengthening. You're breathing hard. And so you're increasing your lung capacity to hold oxygen and you're building muscle in your legs. So that way, whenever you're running fast, you got leg muscle allowing you to go fast and you got the lung capacity to let you suck in the air. And so I believe the best training for running fast is running up freaking mountains. Look at that. What's that one guy? Look at Nick Simmons, a D3 runner who became an Olympian over the course of a year. He moved to Mexico and trained in Mexico where there's mountains or somewhere in South America where there's mountains. And he came back and then dude was an Olympian. I think he, he got gold. He went from division three to gold because why? Mountains. That's the secret sauce. That's why everybody... Um, all the people that are like so fast in trail and ultra running, the reason they're, um, or if you look at where they're all from, they're all from places that are high in altitude with mountains. Why? Because they can go up a mountain for two hours, um, hammering in their hamstrings, making them like iron and they're breathing hard and the oxygen's lower. And so that's why you don't see people from Texas or Nebraska. When in Western states, like, yeah, you got some fast people and they do really good with fast stuff, you know, uh, flat thing, you know, when the courses are flat, but here's the thing, man, we don't got no mountains down in the South, really. Yeah. You got the Ozarks and the Wachita's and those are great. Like I use that to my advantage. That made me the fastest I ever was by running up mountains during the summer. Right. So if you live near mountains, so if you do live in a mountainous area, if you live out near, um, any mountains, you are lucky. You have the opportunity to be a really fast person and you don't even have to have good genetics. I, I literally have terrible genetics at running. But let me tell you, when I went mountain running, I became a beast. I was fast. I ran <laughs> the fastest 5K of my life during summer training. And that wasn't even my fittest point. I got injured later, which woohoo. Um, so I wasn't able to reach my full potential, but I still ran the fastest time I ever ran. And it was just summer training. I don't even get fit until like the winter time. Like right now, it takes me like six months to, to reach my full potential. Yet in one summer from mountain running, I reached my full potential. I don't get better than that, man. And you know what? I've always had this great idea. Man, what if I built a mountain on a bunch of land? Like I've always had this dream. Asher and I have this dream to buy a thousand acres, split it 500 each, right? <clears throat> and then we have Asher's family on one side and then my family on the other. And we all meet in the middle for Sunday and have church, right? That's the dream. <laughs> yep. um, 
But I've also always had a dream of building a mountain, a 200-foot-tall mountain that I can just run up, do switchbacks, have a straight-up path, whatever. And you know what? It's possible because a lot of the mountains that you see, a lot of uh, some of the mountains you see around the world, under the mountains were man-made structures, man-made pyramids. And now they just like big hill. They look like big hills. But mm. some of the people, um, like archaeologists, that have dug up under these hills, they have found temples. They have found other stuff. And honestly, I believe you can build a 200-foot mountain. Yeah, it'd take a lot of excavators and dirt and rock. But hey, I believe it'll work. So anyways, that's my <laughs> mountain rant. I don't even know how we get off on that. Um, yeah, well, bro, I was, was going to give you a great metaphor to go along with your your mountain uh, spiel. Okay. So you're talking about the fastest you've ever been was because of mountains. So yeah. if we apply to our lives, the strongest, like the most will, like the most will power we'll ever have is because of how many mountains we've faced throughout our life. Think about that. Like you get stronger. Every everything you're faced with that seemingly at the time is a mountain is going to you're gonna have to climb it. That's gonna take a lot of grit. Those are those are usually the hard times in life where it's like I'm struggling. I am I'm down and out, but I'm gonna like power through. We're gonna get up this mountain. Uh like you said, you're you're not going fast at that point. You're going like 10 minute mile pace, 13 minute mile pace, 15 minute mile pace, 20 minute mile pace. It's a slow grind, right? Um, but you're going to get to the top of that mountain. You're going to have completed that climb, bro. And on the other side, you're going to have the experience and you're going to know for the next one, you know, you have this ability and this ability, this is going to get you through, you know, whatever it is. So I, I like that. I like that you, you found that mountains work for you. They make you stronger. They make you faster. I think that applies to life too. So hmm. let me go off that. All right. So I got fast because I didn't just fade, I didn't just run up one mountain. I ran up a bunch of mountains or one mountain, but multiple times. I continued going over mountain to mountain to mountain. The moment I stopped running mountains and came back to flatland, I started to lose what I had gained. And so I say I would I would even go off that and go further, Asher. And I would even say, um, you know, the term where the mind is a muscle, right? And you need to exercise it like a muscle. I would even say if you choose to live a lifestyle to where you're not facing challenges and obstacles consistently, your mind will become weak. But if you continue to um, go and find these quote unquote mountains, these obstacles in life, and you continue. Uh, to have them all throughout your life, all the way till the day you die, you will be a strong person mentally throughout your entire life if you can if you choose to to take on these obstacles, and that's like getting outside of the comfort zone. You know, doing things you've never done before, dude. Yeah. I I just like. Let me let me just share a real life example of this. Ever since high school, I've been into entrepreneurship, whatever. One thing I've learned to do is to teach myself how to do something when I don't know how to do it and just figure it out as I go. Okay? And through this, I can now 
do anything. I can create anything I want to create. Literally. Like I I can do graphic design. I can do website design. I can do Facebook advertisements. I know how to build a business. I know the ins and outs of it. Because, not because I went to school for it. I'm going to be honest. I didn't learn jack squat from school. It's because I chose in times when I didn't want to, in times where it was uncomfortable, I chose to learn about those things, even when I couldn't. I couldn't wait till I turned 18 because when I turned 18, I'd be able to start starting businesses and I would be able to start to actually get, dip my feet in. And literally, that's where Texas Outlaw Running came. Texas Outlaw Running came from me as soon as I turned 18, boom, started the business, turned out to be Texas Outlaw Running. Have my motives changed since then? Of course. When you find God, your motives change. Come on. That's what happened. But so now, like Texas outlaw is a form of servitude. Because if it was for wealth or whatever, we've already talked about this, but we don't pay ourselves jack squat, dude. Yes, we'll pay ourselves here and there, but it's no, it's, it's way below minimum wage. <laughs> because our motive now is to grow and to serve. And like, I don't have to get paid for this at all. I wouldn't care. I'd still do it. I've been doing it for two and a half years. And I still do it day in and day out because I'm passionate about it. I love it. And I'm serving others. And it's it's fun, dude. I don't have yeah. to get paid for this. And I don't. And if I do one day, hey, praise the Lord. But I'm not. And that's great. You got a lot. I'm going to be honest here. You got a lot of race directors. A lot of people are starting race companies for selfish reasons. Because when I first started Texas Outlaw Running, it was for selfish reasons. Not only did I want to do all these great things, uh, and you know, but at that time I, I wasn't following God, and so you know I wanted to be able to pay myself and pay for my school. Which there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But it was out of selfish ambition, and when I found God, it, it was a, a point of serving and loving others. And so now it's to where a point. To where Texas Outlaw Running and us putting on races and doing this podcast, it's for other people. And I don't I don't care if we're going over our time right now either. Whatever. Um and and guess what? I don't I don't care that I'm not getting anything out of it. Yeah. Because it's not about that now. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, bro, it's, it's about bringing people in and I mean, that's always how I've seen it. And I've told you this and I've probably shared it on the podcast before. It's bringing people in, bringing people together and giving them a great experience, which that's been our motto from like day one. My wife's here. Carly, you want to say anything to the podcast? No, give it a, give them a, Hey guys, say it. Hey guys. Whoa, Carly, <laughs> why'd you change your voice to sound like, no, I was just playing. All right, guys. Well, we're way over our time. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know. Leave a rating. Um, uh, Asher, you want to say your thing you usually say? Happy trails, y'all. Happy trails. And I'll see y'all next Monday on Shooting the Bull.